Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everyone, Matt Straub here welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. This is your Wednesday Whip Around Edition. We have a busy episode as always. First up, we're going to have Mike Gallagher joining us. We're going to talk about some bad teams with players putting up fun fantasy numbers, including the Golden State Warriors and the Charlotte Hornets. Following that, Ryan Canales is here. He's going to open up the mailbag, check in on some listener questions. Lastly, as always, closing this thing out. Steve Alexander, Dr. A will be here, but let's get things going with Mike Gallagher. Mike, what's up? Not much, man. Just uh, enjoyed Thanksgiving weekend, getting back with, uh, had a good fantasy football weekend too, so uh, yeah, mm. like, loving loving sports right now. It's uh... I, I hate sports. I'm going <laughs> to just stop you right there. I, uh, I missed the playoffs in my hometown league, a very uh. cutthroat league, uh, with the third most points. Uh. Uh, that's super annoying. I know that people have added various provisions to their leagues in some places where the, the team with the most points makes the playoffs. My, my leagues haven't done that. Yeah. I don't foresee them doing that. It, it, it is aggravating, though, and I think you, you have the right to complain for like three to five days when it happens. For sure. I mean, longer than that, right? Especially if you're first <laughs> in points and don't get in. Right. That's just... Right. And... But sometimes you have those spike weeks, so that is true. And I, I always thought like a better way was, um, like you basically have two matchups. So it's like you play one your normal matchup, and then the next win, quote unquote, is like if it's a twelve team league, the sixth highest scoring teams get a win. So you basically play like mm-hmm. a double schedule. I kind of like that idea. I I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah, that's an interesting one. Never done it. But I've always yeah. I'm not ready. To, I'm not ready to go there, yeah. but I respect those who For those sure. who have. <laughs> So uh, what's on your mind uh, basketball-wise? Yeah, so a uh, lot going on. Um, getting hit with injuries again, but I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Kevon Looney coming back and just what a ridiculous lineup uh, they started with last night. With basically pa- And they played Pascal at the three before, too. Um, yeah, you mean on Monday on Monday night, right? Yeah, I'm sorry, Monday. Yeah, Monday. Sorry, yeah no, that's okay. Yeah, no worries. Um, and then Glenn Robinson and Burks in the backcourt and just wild substitution patterns like... It's been like Bowman checking in for Looney and all this and that. But uh, I thought Looney looked pretty good. And we kind of knew he was never going to get to like 30 minutes because he has asthma, despite how Steve Kerr said they wanted to get him to 30 minutes. So I always kind of thought pretty much all summer we talked about 24 to 26. And, you know, based on Steve Kerr's comments, it's probably going to take till around Christmas where he's even there. And I still think that's fine just because, again, this team's so bad. They're going to have to really get him going. And I thought it really spoke volumes how first how well Pascal played last night I'm sorry Monday night <laughs> and then um you know just big minutes at the three uh, at the four um with him subbing in and out so we'll see what happens with uh how Looney affects Collie Stein how he affects Marquise Chris it was pretty much him and Amari Spellman who were kind of the four where yeah Spellman Spellman is uh is gaining a little ground as well yeah lately. he's been really he's good. been getting plenty of minutes so I would think Looney probably affects him the most but um, yeah, yeah I mean, props. I mean, he lost what seventy five pounds. I think he went from three fifteen to two sixty. 
I mean, even when he was, you know, apparently overweight with the Hawks last season, he had his moments. Yeah. Like, he, he showed his athleticism still, and I think he does have a fantasy-friendly game. So it's interesting. I mean, at some point, don't the Warriors, the Warriors traded for that guy. At some point, like, don't you think he becomes or continues to be a priority? Uh, I don't know about that. I don't think he's, like, that talented to where, like, Looney, I think, is a little bit more of a higher ceiling as far as, like, just pure talent goes. But, um, I don't know. I yeah. think Omar. I think Omari has might even have better fantasy game than than Looney. I'm just because... saying from pure like talent, like winning basketball players. But yeah, I think Spellman has better like per minute fantasy upside. I'm just saying like I think Looney's a better player, defender, and all that stuff. But sure, yeah. sure. I just think I think Spellman could be could either stay relevant or or go back and forth from relevant to irrelevant yeah. a lot this year. It's gonna be interesting. Like they have Willie Cauley Stein on a two year deal, player option. So how do they value that when we get to and we're getting close to the December fifteenth date where they can actually trade players? Don't forget D'Angelo. This Draymond heel thing is gonna be so annoying. But uh, I mean, if we drafted today, like where would Draymond go? Like ninth or tenth round, maybe later. Yeah, I I don't think I would ha- I don't think I would take him inside the top 100. Yeah, for sure. It's just so rough. Like this again, heel things are, are no joke. But they have Jacob Evans coming back, so a lot of uncertainty here with how bad they are. They're four and eighteen. So um, we know there's like Jacob Evans. It was going to be basically Jacob Evans and Jordan Poole like being the backups to Steph and D'Angelo coming into the season. So um, right. If I'm invested in the Warriors at this point, I want to be invested at the lowest level. I want to be at the Eric Pascal, Marquise Chris, yeah. Omari Spellman level, and I would be, you know, first opportunity to trade D'Angelo, et cetera. Oh, I'd, for sure. You know, be looking to do that. Yeah, and that's uh, my 30 team. I have like four. I have Evans, I have Poole, I have Pascal, and I have Looney too. So, um, you know, I think those, all those guys could have. Oh, Jordan Poole is not going to be very good. We kind of know this. But yeah, I think I think Pascal is legit. Um, and they want to play him, man. Like, again, they're doing. They're coming up with so many wacky lineups that uh, they're gonna find ways to play him. Uh, he's he's talented, dude. So um, huge line on Monday, twenty four nine and six. Uh, I guess shifting gears to another team that's kind of in disarray as far as injuries go. Uh, that's the Grizzlies. Their backcourt was pretty simple. The, the first game on Sunday without Morant, it was pretty much Tyus Jones, and then right behind him was Melton, but. On Monday, they had eight minutes of overlap together, which I, I love seeing that, especially from point guards, a uh, very valuable position per minute. So that was big because all season up until Monday, Melton had only eight total minutes as an off guard next to either Morant or Tyus Jones. So he was basically a straight third string point guard this season. So that getting a big, big bump from eight of his 25 minutes uh, at the two guard, or however you want to call it with him and Tyus, I thought that was big. Um, and then, obviously, the front court, still missing Valachuna. So that pretty much just opened up Cabocolo, who was basically Jaron Jackson Jr.'s backup. Uh, and then also mm-hmm. Solomon Hill was really the big beneficiary going off on Monday because he played the four. And even on Sunday, he played basically the backup four to Brandon Clark before he got hurt. And then Brandon Clark didn't play. So we'll probably see some missed time from him. But, um, yeah, there, I mean, if you play in a deep league, it's like open season on, like, adding Grizzlies. Uh, I mean, Tyus Jones got picked up in every league on Saturday just because, I mean, you pick up Tyus Jones when he starts, like, no doubt about it. But I think Melton's really asserted himself as really maybe a 12, possibly 12-teamer guy uh, until we get Morant back. And we don't really know. He's quote-unquote week-to-week. But, you know, it's kind of tough to say. It's just, a it, you know, back spasms are very much unclear how long they can miss time and they're going to be careful they are they are the back spasms are and the grizzlies are going to be careful but i also think 
for if it's me and I am invested in Morant in multiple leagues, I, I think this is an opportunity to, to make a trade offer for yeah. him because week to week sounds so ominous. I mean, you know, he could miss weeks, multiple weeks, but he could also miss like one week or less yeah. from now. So, you know, week to week sounds scary is my point. And I think that potentially, you know, op- opens up a little window to trade for him. And I, I feel the same way about Brandon Clark, too, who's just been a beast per 36 minutes. And, and I like him as a, you know, investment, too. Yeah, and it was, what was it, like, I want to say three Saturdays ago when they rested them on the back-to-back, so that's still kind of in my memory. So I wouldn't, like, overpay, and I think Morant probably won't play in back-to-backs for a while when he comes back, and that's fine. I mean, you're talking about, what, eight or nine games? I'm not sure how many they have left. But um, He was starting know. to, Morant was starting to really go off before oh, that yeah. injury, too. Counting stats are just insane for that guy. Yeah, and the percentage is pretty good. The turnovers were down a bit, you know, lately, so... Man, I just, I just, I still love his outlook. Yeah, I do forward. too. But um, anybody, are, are you in anybody else? Like, I'm, I've never really been into Dylan Brooks, but now he's going to get the opportunity to really do what he can. He played a lot of three. Um, you know, they went a lot of three guard lineups. I think Brooks is fine. He's yeah. been kind of boring service, us boring serviceable type. Uh, yeah, all you pretty year. much just ride him while he's hot. But you know, you're not tied to him if he has a bad game or two. You just sort of cut him and move on. Right, but right, right now, just because Morant leaving, and this so just quickly with Jaron Jackson Jr. too, who was not playing well, and I kind of talked about this on my pod two pods ago, how his splits with Morant and JV are so much worse than when he's with Brandon Clark in the bench. So now, without those guys there, um, we've seen really the last two games, Jaron Jackson Jr. really stepped up his game. So it'd be nice to see if he could kind of build off this start, and then when Morant and JB. JB obviously will be back sooner. We'll see how that can get him uh, going here. But um, yeah, he shot the ball. His shot selection is a lot better. Blocking shots all of a sudden in the last couple games. So um, great to see uh, after you know one of the biggest letdowns to start the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that he is going to ever get to the you know where you drafted yeah. him. He's still That's outside the too. top one hundred. I was like, yeah, I think he could hit like top fifty, but I don't know if he from yeah. if he got the whole season because he has a lot of ground to make up here. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, when I watch them play, I, I just don't. I see a guy who has potential, but I don't see like, oh man, I, I'm, I'm not thinking to myself, oh man, this guy's an absolute beast. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, I think again, playing center is huge for him. So like, if if you had, and I said this on my pod a couple weeks ago, like you're rooting against Valachunas, like hardcore, mm-hmm. um, just uh-huh. because Brandon Clark's lower usage, like, Moran will be fine. Uh, I think it's more about uh, JB than anything else, but. Yeah, um, I'm not buying Solomon Hill really as a pickup. Maybe just as a streamer until Brandon Clark gets back. But other than that, I don't really buy him long term. Uh, right. I guess just moving on to Charlotte really quick before we jam out. I think Biombo's kind of here to stay. Uh, their defense has been really bad. They're bottom five in defensive rating over the last 10 ish games or so. But, you know, they're playing pretty well in their first unit. Miles Bridges had kind of a bad game yesterday, but he's been playing much, much better. I think he's like top 50 in the last month or so. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, he's been really good. Uh, P.J. Washington had a really bad week coming into the weekend last week. And then over the weekend, he was great. Um, so that's good to see from him. And, and just Devontae Graham is just such a monster, man. Um, but we saw Marvin Williams play a lot of four. And that's kind of been like a weird wrinkle. Um, they try to put Marvin in as a five or as a four. But Cody Zeller, I don't think, is in really good shape. He actually played pretty well um, off the bench. But I think it's going to be kind of a headache up front. And much mm-hmm. like with Dylan Brooks, like, you know, play them when they're playing okay. But Borrego, kind of like the Hawks front court too, because Lloyd Pierce said that, like, it's going to be really tough to play all three of Bruno Fernando, 
Len and Damian Jones. Damian Jones played great on Monday, by the way. Revenge game. But, um, yeah, it's kind of iffy. But other than, like, I guess Rozier. You have Rozier, right? I do not. Oh, okay. No, yeah. I, did, I, didn't, I didn't get him yeah, anywhere. I, don't I liked him. Yeah, I was not, I'm not even close to, like... He'd be like a perennial sell high player when he's playing well, but um, because Devonte is he's actually shot the ball much much better, Rosier next to Devonte Graham, but yeah. the assist is not there. No, but I mean this isn't the best case scenario for Rosier this season, but it's much better than the worst. I mean, forty three percent from the field this year, yeah. like, you can live with that, and two point six threes. Yeah, not the assist you hope for, but but I would take it. Yeah. If I tra- yeah. Well. I would take it based, you know, compared to what the worst case scenario could be. Yeah, and I think it's like <laughs> seriously like a six percent difference in field goal percentage with Graham versus without him. So it's just like night and day. Wow. But um, yeah, um, they're they're fun. You know, they're playing closer games than we thought. Obviously, they're not doing very well. But much like the Wizards too, I talked about this, um on a guest pod I did yesterday. Like the Wizards playing like tighter games. They have like the second worst defense in the NBA, but their offense is like top five. So they're playing like they're playing like great stream or DFS matchups uh, for guys. So it's a, a lot of fun, and you know a lot of these bad teams are playing closer than we thought. Like really, besides the Knicks, I guess. Like there's mm-hmm. nowhere you go into a game unless it's against the Bucks or somebody like that. You know, where like you're yeah. Even the ca- even the Cavs have kind of been able to hang around yeah. a little bit in some of these games. Yep. Um, or or you know come back enough to the starters stay in there. Yep. That was against the Bucks recently. Yep. And I guess lastly, uh, Delon Wright kind of coming back to life here. Uh, I I picked him <laughs> up, but he, I was like, so I've had to stream on Sunday. I was like, all right, I got to figure out what to do. I probably spent like uh, a half an hour like trying to determine who I wanted to stream with um, to try to get a seven two or an eight one. And um, yeah, I picked Delon. I was like, oh, he's trending up, and he's actually been. So one interesting thing is him, Dwight Powell, and Doncic have only played together for forty minutes, but they're plus thirty three net rating. Um, I mean. I'm so mad about this. You're so mad that I got Delon. No, I, I'm not. I'm not really mad about you specifically yeah. getting Delon. I mean, I'm just mad about the whole situation. It's so frustrating because yeah. I, I feel. I feel like I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen? We're taping this before Tuesday night's game. You know, maybe he goes back to his sub 20 minute per game role. But it's just so frustrating. Like, oh, play the guy minutes in the upper 20s and he puts up big numbers and helps your team. Like, I, it's just it was obvious. We knew this, right? Yeah. Like, what, why has he had to fight for minutes? He was a big free agent signing for them. I just think it's so annoying. And it was so, like, <laughs> if you remember in Summer League, they both, both Carlisle and Cuban were like, oh, yeah, we really like DeLon as an on-ball guy. I think he mentioned Kemba and Chris Paul as, like, two examples of guys he wanted him to guard. So, like, everything they were saying made it seem like they were going to start. But Tim Hardaway Jr. really played well, so... Yeah, yeah I think... but it's not like it's not like DeLon has played badly and, and you know, deserved less minutes. Yeah. He's looked good all season. And it's just at some point as a fantasy owner... You know, you you get impatient, and I, I did, and it happened right before he broke yeah. out. So we'll see. So he's definitely a guy who I, I was out on him too. Like I was saying, drop him here and there. I was like, oh, give me Frank Milikina over Delon Wright, which I still think I might even do anyways. But um, yeah, definitely a guy who you have to pick up. Um, this 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 is steals numbers are going to be so good. Sweet, cool. We did it. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. Hey, uh, so everyone, look for Mike's podcast on Friday as always. Follow him on Twitter at Mike S Gallagher. Thanks, dude. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, man. This device is recording. Two devices are recording. Very good. Ryan Knaus is here. Ryan, what? What? Uh, what is? What is happening? <laughs> what is happening in the fantasy get that landscape? Out. Or do you want to talk about? Uh... Let's spend fifteen on your life, <laughs> okay. and then get into some fantasy talk for just a couple minutes before we get out of here. Well, my life 
currently revolves around Tyus Jones. So I guess oh, they're okay. kind of one and the same. Do you have like a Tyus Jones? Uh, are you obsessed with Tyus Jones? No, not really. But he is on a couple oh, okay. of my teams. <laughs> okay. And... Well, you're benefiting from my, my John Morant injury, and I don't appreciate it. Oh, I actually own Morant nowhere. So that that is one I finally escaped. Um, wow. But are you – so did you – as a Morant owner, run to the wire and pick up Jones? or I mean, it's pointless because if anything happens w- while I'm not sitting in front of my computer, I have no chance. You know what I yeah. mean? I was out doing something. I don't know what. Sure. You know, Probably nothing that exciting, but I wasn't where I needed to be when it happened. Yeah. And I actually – I think I noticed it pretty quickly after, um, after the fact. And he was already gone. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Yeah, I think I saw it like a couple hours later on the scores app, uh, which, which has all of Roto world's news blurbs. And it, it was a lost cause. I, I did try, you know, I looked through all, all of my leagues, see if he was available, but, uh, I got him in a couple leagues, which was kind of shocking. So I have him in two, I think. And then D'Anthony Melton has been playing really well. I was worried about Jones because Melton played over him for the final seven minutes to close Sunday's game. It was a close game, but then they shared the court to finish the fourth quarter on Monday versus the Pacers. So I don't know. Are you, do you have any interest in Melton? Cause he's, he's probably available. Yeah, I guess so. I think my approach to this whole thing is I'm in denial and I'm just assuming that <laughs> Morant is going to be back in a couple of games. That week to week tag doesn't scare you. No, it, you know, I, I was talking about this actually very thing with Mike a minute ago. I feel like week to week sounds very scary and I suppose could be scary, but it also could just mean, you know, that he, next week he's feeling better. I mean, back spasms, I've never had back spasms. I don't really know. Yeah. My sense is like it's kind of a uh, hard thing to peg down and one day he might wake up and feel a lot better and then he could play soon after that. Yeah. You know? Well, he, it's not like it's yeah. not like he had surgery and he's out right. a guaranteed like six weeks. I mean, he just has to let it, let it calm down a little it bit. It was kind of curious to me that he was week to week. I mean, he... He played through it originally and then aggravated it. I think that's the kind of concerning part, but it's also right. just an excess of caution, right? The, the, the Grizzlies have yes. this star young rookie point guard. They have no reason to push him, and they don't want the pressure on him. So you give him the week-to-week tag, no one expects him to come back on Thursday. And then Yeah, if, that's what it felt like yeah. to me. It felt like the week-to-week tag was like, everyone stop asking. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I hope for your but, sake you're right. But in the meantime, I'm yeah. gonna, I think I'm going to play Melton. Uh, available almost everywhere. He's had 12.5 points, 8 boards, 6 assists, a triple and a steal per game over the past two. Uh, the minutes aren't very inspiring, mid-20s, but I don't know. There's enough upside there. I'll, I'll take a shot. Sure. And I'm going to continue living in a world where John Morant is back in like okay. two games, and that's just where I'm going to choose to be. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you're... you're uh, firm in that position. so Yeah, I've hunkered down here. Okay. Um, speaking of injured point guards, do you, you know, so Kyrie is out. Spencer Dinwiddie is just losing his mind. Uh, you know, second round value over the past couple <laughs> He's not weeks. out of his mind. He's losing his mind. Yeah. It's, it's been lost, actually, I should say. It's not in, in the process of. Uh, but every, everyone knows Kyrie's return is going to hurt him. So do you even try to sell high if, if you're a Dinwiddie owner? And if so, who would you trade him for? Like, would you accept Terry Rozier or Devontae Graham, say, for Spencer Dinwiddie? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you would. Okay. Absolutely. Well, with the caveat that I feel more strongly about keeping Dinwiddie if I have Kyrie Irving. 
Sure, the handcuff factor. That makes yeah, sense. like I, I'm not, I'm not in. I have no plans to try to trade him away if I have Kyrie on my squad. Gotcha. Now, if I just had didn't drafted Dinwiddie and he's been doing this, yeah, I would trade him for either of those guys. Sure. Okay. Sure. Graham's field goal percentage has gotten a little scary. Yeah. Um, five for nineteen on Monday night, one for ten on threes. I mean, I definitely think he's legit as a fantasy guy, but I, I've been saying that I think his field goal percentage is gonna might continue to be a bit of a problem. Yeah, but I, I mean, I love top seven. I, th- I think he's seventh in the league in assists per game, and dimes yeah. are hard to find. So they are. Yeah, I would definitely take. I'd probably trade Dinwiddie straight up for Ricky Rubio for the same reason. Yeah, so I guess I'm with you. I, w- I would try to flip him wherever possible. But, again, everyone knows Kyrie's going to hurt him, so I'm not sure that you could get these guys. But worth worth trying. Right. It's always worth trying, isn't it? it I, I think we often, so. I think so often, Ryan, we, we go to make a trade offer and we're like, nah, I'm not going to send that. Yeah. But why not just send it? Yeah. What's the, wor- the worst that's going to happen? Easily the worst that's going to happen is you get, like, a rude reply to some, from somebody. <laughs> right. Now, Not even close or something. Yeah, or or haha, or as Steve was t- talking about how he LOL'd someone in one of his leagues and and heard about it later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, really, probably what's going to happen is they just say no, and then maybe you offer a little more, and then they offer a little more, and then you make a trade. That's how it happens. Got to start somewhere. Yeah. And listen, when I when I receive a trade offer, I expect it to be vaguely insulting. People are trying to get value, <laughs> right? Like, it's, I don't blame them. I've done the right. I've done the same thing. You lowball. And then if the person has any interest, they come back and, and you you go from there. So it's, right. yeah, I'm with you. Get over the initial sort of hesitation. That's most people's approach. I try to send one that I feel like is maybe 45% of the way to a coin or, or almost a coin flip yeah. um, or close enough that they might. There's a world where they might take the first one and they do sometimes. But yeah, I mean, sure. Let's send out some offers, everyone. <laughs> Speaking of which... Uh, I've got some trade questions from readers recently. I figured maybe you and oh. I could uh, break them down. Is Ryan Knauss opening up the mailbag? Um, sort of, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's do it. So, so one of them was this guy, and I I have not thought these through, so we'll be doing this together. Uh, okay. So this is Damian Lillard, Derek White, and a streaming spot. Okay. Or Donovan Mitchell, John Morant, and Marcus Smart. So you got Lillard, okay. White, and a streaming spot, or Mitchell, uh-huh. Morant, Mitchell, and Smart. Morant, and Smart. Uh, give me Lillard. Give me the Lillard side. Yes, I... When in doubt, you got to keep the top 10 first-round caliber guy. Yep. You have to just be knocked completely over to trade that guy. I love Mitchell and Morant, but I think your team is worse in the long run by taking on that depth rather than the heavyweight power of Lillard. I'm completely with you. Anytime you see a clear-cut best player in, in a trade on one side, I'm almost always going to take that side. Unless it's a very a very specific situation where I just, like, desperately need depth or something. But Right. I mean, like, in the 30-team league, that trade might be a little different, but still. Right. Yeah, no. Okay, easy one. Uh, also, whenever people ask questions... Please include what format it is. I mean, this one was is clear cut enough, but it's it's helpful to know if it's a points league or eight cat. Um, right. All right. Right. Very true. Here's another one: Gary Harris and Tyler Hero. I'll take the other side. Are on this person's team. Oh wait. Okay. <laughs> so this isn't actually a trade. G- Gary Harris and, and Tyler Hero, and these players are available. So I'll go through them one by one. Say if you would drop either and either or guy. Gary Harris or Tyler Hero for. Okay. Marcus Saul. No. Yeah, no. P.J. Washington. 
I'm cutting Hero there. I would cut Hero, yes. But not Harris. Not Harris. Um, Hero, not Harris. That's going to be the name of this pod. (laughs) This is the name of this this segment. This episode is just going to be called Hero, not Harris, (laughs) and people can try to figure it out. (laughs) Nerland's Noel. Ooh, no. I think I'm cutting Hero, Hero, not Harris for me. (laughs) Hero, not Harris. Yeah, Nerland's is kind of sneaky. I got it. It's got to depend on how many blocks you need, how you, how much you need the defensive stats. Yeah. So how, but, how much but technically? You, yeah. Well, well, technically, I was just gonna say Nerland's Noel is, if you believe Basketball Monsters rankings, more valuable than Tyler Hero. Is that right? He's ahead of him already. He is. In, in what, like uh, eight, Noel like is sixteen minutes a game or something. Nineteen minutes a game. Well, Jeez. the the steals and blocks, nearly one yeah. steal a game and one point seven blocks. That goes a long way. Yeah. Um, Good field goal percentage. Yeah. Yeah, but it's the so does the Stephen Adams angle intrigue you that he might be traded? I don't know, but it it does intrigue me, and and I wish I had more Nerlens Noel uh, in my life because it's kind of a nice situation because like he's startable, you can rotate him into your lineup, and and you're getting something out of him, and it's yeah. also a lottery ticket at the same time. Yeah, there you go, and typically power forward center eligibility, so he's pretty versatile. Um, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll do two more. He gave me like a whole long list, but uh, t- okay, Terrence Ross. It's eight pages. Uh, nah, no, I I do like Ross. Well, you know what? He's been good Let lately. With uh, I do like Ross. The offense opened up, and I think Ross is actually probably potentially long term a better fantasy player than Hero. Hero, not Harris. I think. Um. I think possibly, and this is not. This is going to come across as we don't like Tyler Hero. Yeah, it is. But He's fine. You know yeah. what? Honestly, can I just can I just say it? Tyler Hero and Terrence Ross are the same guy for fantasy purposes. <laughs> right, scores. I'm just gonna say it. Three pointers, not much else. Yeah, t- take your pick. Like whatever, whatever you're feeling like. <laughs> that's a ladder. I think that's mostly a lateral move with Ross playing better lately. I, I agree. I, you know, I, I I might actually stick with Hero there, just because Ross yeah. I think m- might drop off. But as you said, it's kind of six of one. All right, and the final player. Okay, I'll give you DeAndre Hunter. Oh, well, you know, I mean, you knew what I was going to say here. You had to know. Okay, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit blind when it comes to DeAndre Hunter. I do think he is slightly better in real life than fantasy just because his good defense is not translating to consistent defensive stats. Yeah, not at all. But he is showing like I think there's still a blueprint for for decent fantasy value with some points and boards a couple of assists and some threes, and I think the percentages will get better. Mm. So I think in the long run, I think Hunter will be better than Hero. I I like Hunter better than Hero fantasy-wise this year. Okay. And and as Hunter continues to figure it out more. Yeah. And again, that's not – but that's not going to be a dramatic difference. Me personally, as a Hawks fan, I'm taking Hunter, and I think he's got some big months ahead. You know, I'm with you, Matt. I think – I love the fact that he's playing over 34 minutes per game. He's playing a ton. On a team that has proven with Trey Young last year that they will play their rookies huge minutes until the, the final bell rings for the regular season. So I have no fear of him dropping off. Yeah, and he's a good player. Like He's a good yeah. offensive player. I think he has a chance to hit a lot of, get a lot of points and threes. And as I said, I think the percentages 
field goal percentage in particular will improve. He's he should not be a forty percent shooter in the NBA. Yeah, that's not that's not who he is. Well, he's I didn't even realize this, but past two weeks he's at a ninety five percent from the line, which is very impressive. And if the yeah. defensive numbers tick up, you're right. Suddenly you're looking at a mid round guy. So uh, I I like his odds. I think we'd be remiss, Ryan, if we didn't just you know pay a little nod to Gary Harris, uh, who has kind of the in the title of this segment, but we haven't. <laughs> even talked about well, him. I think we've implicitly I mean, said that, that we like him because we haven't said we'd cut him for anybody. That's true. And he did have that big game over the weekend, 25 points. Looked like he was on his way to much more than that. Yeah. I think he had 18 early on, 20 early on. He is a guy who I drafted multiple leagues, and I think he could level up here in the months ahead. And maybe this uh, last game of November was a very good sign. I, I'm with you, and I'm not discouraged because – he was coming off such a bad year last year. I mean, you know, minutes were down, shot at almost career worst, 42% from the field, et cetera, et cetera. He was just a late round kind of guy. Very disappointing. So you were able to get him in round 10, round 11, things like this. So you're not, you know, you weren't banking on him to be a top 50 guy. So I, yeah, I'm fine with where he's at. I think once he starts knocking down more shots, the, the minutes are there and he's healthy. That's the real key. So uh, I, I quite like Harris, and to pivot to another nugget that's been a very pleasant surprise is Will Barton. That guy was a late-round pick in a lot of my teams, and he is crushing it. So um, hopefully Harris can get a little bit of that momentum. I didn't get everything right heading into the season, but Will Barton was a definite uh, double into the gap for me. I got nice. him in a bunch of leagues, yeah. and he is, he's been just, yeah. I like the mixed sports metaphor, too. That's, that's Thank impressive. you. Thank you. Uh, he's He's been, yeah, he's a lot of fun to have in fantasy once again, which is who he was before all the injuries last year. Yeah. Versatile player, and obviously he's he's starting and doing really well in that role, but even if he was playing his, the you know, former sixth man role that he used to have, I would be satisfied with that too. More than seven boards a game, three and a half wow. assists, nearly two threes a game, half a block. He's just, he's a dynamo. Yeah. Do you, want, do you want one more question, or should we? <laughs> yeah, let, let's go one more okay. before we get out of here. Okay. Because, I, yeah, we need to – if you open the mailbag, you can't just take out two envelopes. Yeah, you gotta, you go. This is This yeah, is a pretty, pretty quick one. Nine cat, okay. head-to-head, standard league. Um, I don't okay. know what that means. Uh, someone is – Yeah, nine yeah. – yeah, standard. standard. We, we, we that's what mo- – that's the kind of – yeah. yeah. Uh, so someone is offering – they phrased this strangely, but basically they're okay. Off- let's read it. How they no no read it. How okay. they phrased it. Someone is offering my Fred Van Vliet for his Julius okay. Randall and Terry Rozier. Should I do it? You're gonna trade away Van Vliet for Rozier for Randall and Julius Randall. Yes. Uh, I think that is a that is a no. Yeah, as a no. I'm for going me. back to the principle I stated in the first question, where if there is a clear best player. In a two yeah. two for one situation, don't do it. And I'll admit, you know, you just said you didn't get everything right on draft day. I didn't either. Fred Van Vliet was a big miss for me, a swing, Same. a swing and a miss, if you will, um, to go back to the to the baseball. Nice. I got. I was following. I was with you there. Okay, but he's uh yeah he's been just fantastic. Obviously, Lowry being out is helping him, but you just can't deny it. they were playing huge minutes together anyway. So it's not like a night and day situation when when Lowry gets back. Uh, Van Vliet's just been great. It's kind of like Spencer Dinwiddie two point yeah, is what Van Vliet sure. is because he's the ultimate handcuff for Lowry, and he's an even probably better fantasy player than Van. 
uh, than Dinwiddie when they're both on the court. For sure. Yeah. Buying that? I I, I, li- I like that. Yeah. And okay. I would easily, do- I mean, I like Terry Rozier well enough and Julius Randle has been I do. a huge disappointment, but I think the upside is still, still glaring. Uh, but I, yes. I, I'd take Van Vliet here. I agree. And and the thing about Randall is, before we get out of here, Randall is uh, on the all-punt team. Like, if you're punting free throws and turnovers, if you can somehow build that roster, or, you know, if that's the way yeah. your team is trending, Randall's a guy you need, because otherwise he's been pretty good. His counting stats are fine. His field goal percentage is fine. It's really those two areas that are dragging down his value. For sure. So, that's it. All right. Thanks for having me, Matt. Closing up the mailbag. Okay. <laughs> Close it. That's the mailbag with Ryan Knaus. If you want to follow him on Twitter, it's at Knaus underscore RW. Thanks for being here, Ryan. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Got a very public radio vibe at the end there. Hello. Hello. Hey, do I need to play with my microphone and turn it down? Uh, right there, I think it'd be good. Good. Great. Wonderful. Steve Alexander's here, the closer, as they call him, as they've taken to calling him, uh, around the globe, is here to close this thing out. Steve, do you have anything on your mind, or do you want just kind of, uh, what, what do you got? Anything? You know, um, this time I, I feel like I'm aware that the podcast has officially started, <laughs> and that you are expecting yes. me to answer you now. To talk, just to talk. Matt, I think one of the more incredible things that's happened in the past year in sports is that Carmelo Anthony is your Western Conference Player of the Week. I'm guessing you've already covered that with some of the other boys. Have not. Ooh. Have not. I mean, did yes. you did you see this coming, Matt? Like when I saw when I got the notification from Sham's tweet yesterday, I looked at my phone. I, I was at the Honda dealership. Getting my car work done. I looked at my phone, and I could not believe what I was seeing. I thought maybe Shams was playing a joke on me. Or it was fake Shams that you've been following. Yeah, all this time. Let me just say this. No, I did not see it coming. I I think a few weeks ago when he signed, I think it was Tommy and I who were talking about it, and we were both kind of saying, you know, it's not going to be really worth it in fantasy. Probably his main contribution will be, you know, putting a dent into other people's value. I don't want to necessarily put this on Tommy. It might have been someone else. The point is I was there. <laughs> and uh, he's got the role, right? And he's clearly still got something left in the tank. They've been He's beaten up a little bit on the Bulls and the Thunder, but those are real NBA teams, and he's putting up real numbers, and he's shooting well from the field. I'm very encouraged all of a sudden by Melo. I mean, it's it's just kind of a it's a weird, cool story. And funny, I I went to see if he was available in a league last night, and Tommy Beer was the Carmelo Anthony owner. Okay. Chance. But we don't know. Again, we don't actually know if it was Tommy. We think it maybe was Tommy talking with me, but may not have been. And you know, I picked him up in the Roto World League, so you we we have opinions, and then sometimes those opinions change like a day later. So. Obviously, once you see Melo's playing well, you start to reevaluate it. Oh, obviously. I mean, I, I, I would have, I didn't even consider picking him up right when he signed. But now, if he's sitting out there, I'll, I'll pick Melo up. I don't care. He's shooting a lot, and he's shooting well. He was a forty percent shooter in Houston and Oklahoma City for a total of eighty-eight games. 
He's at 46 so far with the Blazers, just six games, but that's encouraging. I mean, he's not an incredible fantasy player. You know, he's not not going to get you defensive stats, but some points, some boards, a couple assists, some threes, good percentages right now. I, I'm on board. I'm also trying – I will say I'm also trying to trade him. <laughs> I'm about to make some offers in the Roto World League and see what I could potentially get back, see how – uh, much weight people are putting into his almost 18 points per game. Well, and that's w- one of the interesting things. Um, I was writing a column this morning, buy low, sell high, and I started to go all in on Damian Lillard and burying him. He's got a, he's got a bad back that he can't seem to shake. The Blazers have been bad. But then I looked at it, and they've won three games in a row, and I think a lot of it's because of Carmelo Anthony. And, you know, my take was the mellow effect is eventually going to wear off and the Blazers will go back to being the Blazers that were struggling and are probably not going to make the playoffs. But then again, I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. If you owned Damian Lillard, uh, would you be looking to trade him right now? Do you kind of feel the same way I do, that that ship is sinking a little bit? I don't, for whatever it's worth. And I do have Lillard in multiple leagues, and I love having him on the fantasy roster. So I'm, I'm really not in that position. Ryan and I were actually just talking about a Lillard-related trade offer that he got. Had someone ask him on Twitter. So no, uh, no, I don't really feel that way. But you're just concerned about the back spasms? I'm concerned about the record. He's an Iron Man, though. Yeah. I, he's, a, he's a baller, Steve. But, Matt, this is the year of load management. Yeah, but he's not a load management guy. Yeah, but he's already missed two games. I feel like he can't shake this back thing. And the Blazers usually are not bad like this. They're usually competing for the playoffs. Season's far from over, and and they're playing a little bit better these last three games. So I may have jumped the gun. Plus, if you look at it, Phoenix is holding the number eight spot. Uh, And then I think it's the Kings and then maybe Portland. So it's not like they're they're completely toast yet. But had they lost these three games instead of won them, I think I would be very concerned. It's interesting. I just don't think of Lillard as a, you know, Lillard just is a guy who mostly plays, right? He's played between 73 and 82 games every year he's been in the league. So I just don't, I just don't bake in any shutdown risk with him personally. It's just like the Pelicans too, with Drew Holiday. I mean, they, they look terrible. I've got huge concerns about Zion Williamson playing. Like I said a while back, I mean, I'm still not, convinced that Zion Williamson is going to come back and play much at all and if he didn't play at all this season I would not be shocked by that Um, I'm also a little worried about Drew Holiday because the Pelicans are so bad yeah I'm more worried about someone like LaMarcus Aldridge for example with the Spurs being terrible Aldridge being 34 and being under contract for next year I could see him becoming a shutdown guy Eventually, I'd be more worried about that than your holidays and your Lillards. I'm I'm almost zero percent worried about Lillard. I'll say, <laughs> I would be a little more worried about Holiday with the Pelicans at six and fourteen and going nowhere, but and having lost five in a row, I'm I'm not worried about Lillard. Well, someone you probably are worried about who's in the same boat as those guys is Chris Paul. Chris Paul, uh, yeah, <laughs> I would certainly try to trade him he's another yeah absolutely i would be worried about chris paul so but again can you get anything everyone has the same concerns you do so you might just have to see how long it goes and see uh, you know that's kind of that's what you signed up for when you drafted him well but that's the thing about guys like anthony davis 
I'm also a little worried about him. He's He's been day-to-day -day every day of this entire season. He keeps playing somehow. That's just what he does, though. Isn't that the story with Anthony Davis every yeah, year? Yeah, he's a lock, he's in lock, hashtag locker room. <laughs> Anthony Davis yeah. is in the locker room having something looked at, and he'll be back shortly. It just it happens every <laughs> night. But uh, the Lakers are so good. They're they're winning. They're beating everybody not named Luca. There it is. They've only got three losses. <laughs> They've only got three losses uh, on the season, and. You know, last year LeBron sat a lot because the Lakers were terrible. This year, I think the load management risk comes in that they're so good that they're going to all be taking a day off. Second half on the back nine. Once a week for the entire second half. So I'm a little worried about those guys, too. That's fair. I can see that. And the thing about Damian Lillard, unlike Chris Paul and unlike some of the other guys we talked about, excluding Anthony Davis and LeBron... But with Damian Lillard, you can trade him for somebody really, really good. Because like you said, you have 0% concern that he, he might be shut down at some point. But if you, you know, if we get off of this podcast and you're laying in bed tonight and you start going, man, the, the Blazers are bad. I'm not, now I am a little worried about Damian Lillard. The, the good news is you can trade him for whatever you want. Uh, this feels now I know what's happening here. This feels like a long con. You've set up a long con to get me to trade you Lillard <laughs> in in one of our leagues. I I didn't see it coming. Now I see what it is. All right, I get it. Okay, fine. I'll take a look at your teams. Thanks. See what see what I can make work. Thank you very much. <laughs> I got another uh, trade offer from Jared. Oh oh, let's 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 hear it. You you want to guess who he was offering me? Jared Johnson, uh, participant in and listener of the pod. Uh, I, well, I'm going to guess that Draymond Green was on his side. You are correct. <laughs> his team name has been changed to Everyone Loves Draymond. I think that's uh, that's not only a pun, it's PR. <laughs> so, okay, Draymond, who was on your side? Uh, of yeah, you don't have to guess. Just it was another Draymond tra trade. It really doesn't matter who who it was for. I think he's offered me. Draymond for like seven different people on my team, but I think that time it was for Marvin Bagley, who's okay. going to be reevaluated at the end of the week. Did you give him your patented LOL response? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I said LOL reject, and I moved on very quickly with my life. It was funny though. I do I do like it when he makes me offers for Draymond Green. One of these days the Draymond offer is gonna come into one of our inboxes where we say, Wow, maybe I actually will do that one. If he keeps offering it, one of these it might hit the mark. <laughs> there is a line. There's a line somewhere on my roster when you cross it. I, I might say it's yes. It's like the it's probably the Torian Prince Mendoza line. It's funny because I was about to say a Brooklyn guy. It, it might be DeAndre Jordan for me. Ooh. If you if you send over a DeAndre Jordan <laughs> offer in that league for Draymond, I might click accept. I might. I'll think about it. Jared, thinking about it. Think about that one. Yeah, you know he's listening. You know it. Uh, he is. You know the, he's actually listening live. Maybe maybe one of the last. <laughs> is he actually? Yeah, he's he's been on the line this whole time. Wait, did he just speak? <laughs> no. Carry on. The last thing I've got is Mike Conley got hurt on Monday night, right? Left the game. Oh, yeah. And all yeah. of a sudden, Joe Ingles suddenly looks like Joe Ingles again. Did I did I jump jump to a conclusion by determining immediately that those two don't like each other and can't play together? Is, am I wrong well, about that? That's an interesting one. I just, I just haven't 
Ingles just hasn't done it for me this year. I suppose that's possible. I mean, obviously, Conley being out would, would help Ingles. My main takeaway from the whole situation is that the Mike Conley thing is just an ongoing nightmare that seems to get worse. I mean, he has been bad. He has been really bad. He's shooting like 30 some, 37% from the field and like 37% on two on two pointers. Like that guy, I don't know. I don't watch the Jazz as much as I obsessively watch some other teams, but when I when I was watching them recently, I was like, man, Mike Conley just doesn't look good. No, he does. Am I wrong? And, and his shooting's terrible. He he's even said like he's had a really hard time fitting in with the Jazz and he's I think Rudy Gobert was talking about how he he misses you know Rubio and his you know guys who knew where he was going to be and, and it just seems like Conley's having a really hard time fitting in there and you're right Ingles has been just as bad as Conley if not even more disappointing Conley's at least had you know a handful of of good performances but Ingles hasn't at all but last night he looked like Ingles again I think it's a combination of him coming off the bench. You, you started last year. Um, right. Coming off the bench and then also this Conley thing, that combination has been disaster for both of them. Yeah. I mean, Conley probably couldn't be more of a buy low than he is right now, but I'm not making any offers for him. And we've said that all year. <laughs> I mean, he's been that way all right. year. Like His value will not be lower than it is right now. Well, guess what? <laughs> it just got lower. If, hey, if there, there are some gambling people out there who maybe you will win if you, if you trade for Mike Conley, if you trade nothing for Mike Conley, but I'm not going to do it. Matt, what are you doing tonight at, uh, at 7.30? Are you going to be tuned in to... Uh... Turner Network Television for the Luca show versus the New Orleans Pelicans that we spoke about. Now, this, of course, and Steve, I love it because this is on brand. Remember, this will have already happened. So I love that we're getting this in. Um, <laughs> Thank God. I love that we're getting this in. I'll, I'll watch a little bit of that game. I think I'm going to be uh, just looking at this uh, schedule here. I'm going to watch a little Darius Garland early at 7 o'clock against the Pistons. I know everyone's going to be excited about that one. And then Lakers-Nuggets. Got to love Lakers-Nuggets. What a game that was. See what I did there? <laughs> you know, you should remind me right before. We, we, actually, when you send me the, the link to, to do these podcasts, you should say, reminder, it's Wednesday right now. This is running tomorrow. All right, well, on that note, Steve, thank you, as always, for taking the time. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. Uh, Jared, we'll see you later. Send me another Draymond offer ASAP. Okay, that's about it for us on this Wednesday Whip Around edition. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you might listen. Take a moment to rate and review us as well. We would appreciate that. Thank you to Mike Gallagher, Ryan Knauss, and Dr. A for being here today. Thank you to all of you for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.